Welcome to 5-Minute Finance, a podcast that explores topics that are impacting your money. Join us as we discuss what is moving the economy, markets, stocks, and personal finance. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Before acting on any financial advice, you should consult a financial professional who can review your specific financial situation. Any opinions expressed by the hosts or guests are their own and do not reflect the opinion of LVM Capital Management. Clients or employees of LVM Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in the podcast. Welcome to 5-Minute Finance with LVM. I am Tyler. Here today is Jordan and Craig. It is February 24th, the morning of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. We are, in terms of the data that we'll be sharing today, we will be looking at some of the market drawdowns, some of the historical market returns during these types of events, and we also have some implications in terms of the upcoming Federal Reserve rate hiking cycle. So to start a little background, the S&P 500, as of this morning, was in about a 12% drawdown or correction. What's interesting behind that is actually the median stock, right? So the 250th stock in the market was down about 16.5%. So that would also mean that there's about 250 plus stocks that are, are down more than 16%. When you look at the NASDAQ, that is down closer to 19% with the median stock down almost 24%. So that's kind of where we are right now in the current market cycle. Craig, do you want to talk a little bit about some of these historical geopolitical events that we've seen in recent history and what kind of happened to the market or S&P 500 during those periods? Yes. And I think to put those current declines in context, since 1928, roughly two-thirds of the calendar years have seen a decline in excess of 10%. So it's not unusual to see that. Perhaps some of the most dangerous words in finance are this time it's different, but in reality, every time it's different. This invasion is occurring while inflation's at a multi-decade high. The Fed's at the beginning of a tightening cycle. Stock valuations are rich and interest rates and unemployment are low. And whenever we see war anywhere on the planet, it's natural to feel uncertainty at the least and fear at the worst. Certainly, this aggression will heighten political tensions in Europe and around the world. And in America, we will be treated to unsettling images that wars produce in abundance. The investment implications of all of this are uncertain. But that's pretty much true at any moment in time. None of us can see the future. Nevertheless, looking at market reactions to previous global conflicts can provide some context for this current environment. And in that respect, if we go back to the start of World War II, we've actually seen 20 geopolitical events that have caused drops in the market. On average, those 22 events have led to a market decline of about 4.5% lasting 20 days and recovering in 43 days. Two of the biggest of those drawdowns were World War II and Iraq's invasion of Kuwait in 1990. When Germany invaded Poland in 1939, up until Pearl Harbor, the market had declined about 17.5%. And then when the Pearl Harbor attack happened, and for the next five months, the market declined another 19.5%. And, 
It had recovered by September of that year, and from the bottom in 1942 to VJ Day, the market was up over 107%. In the first Gulf War, when Iraq invaded Kuwait, the S&P dropped about 17% in 71 days and recovered in 189 days. And from the bottom, in the middle of October of 1990 through the end of 1992, the market was up 47%. So these geopolitical events definitely caused some short-term pain in the markets, but typically the fundamentals ultimately reverse and nothing that really happens along the Ukraine border fundamentally changes the underlying value of U.S. stocks. The other thing that's causing current volatility in the market is anticipation of the first Fed tightening cycle. And Jordan, do you want to speak to that? Yeah, thanks, Craig. So we have a, a chart in front of us here that's looking at the global equity indices around the first hike that the Federal Reserve makes. And leading up to these hikes, the market has historically done quite well. Earnings are going up and the economy is moving along. Typically, that's when the Fed decides to hike interest rates. Around the timing that the Fed hikes interest rates, the market is usually flat as we digest what type of rate hiking cycle this is going to be. You know, is it going to be steep or gradual, meaning are we front-loading interest rate increases, or as the Fed is is conveying to the market now, going to hike a quarter point over the next several meetings? What we have seen historically is when the Fed front-loads the increases in interest rates, the market doesn't do as well as a gradual rate increasing cycle and the differential is anywhere between you know 5 to 15% to the positive when we see these gradual hikes. On our second graph here, you know, we, we have data that shows how long after the first rate hike do we experience a recession. And historically, the Fed has hiked um, and not necessarily produced a recession, but has, has tightened monetary conditions to a point where things are restrictive and we might see a recession. The average time it has taken has been anywhere between 25 to 27 months after the first rate hike is usually when a recession has started. Yeah. And when you look at historical market drawdowns and corrections, and in particular with the recession piece you mentioned there, Jordan, is typically you don't see sustained bear markets, meaning a correction of 20% more in the stock market without a recession. And so while those events typically are contained within the 10 to 20% correction period, when you do have these heightened volatility periods, to really have a sustained bear market, you kind of need a recession. And when we look at the current fundamentals of the US economy, we're still looking for some strong growth here in the US. Obviously, there could be some continued impacts, even with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, with higher energy prices that could slow some of that. But where we sit right now, I think consumers are still in pretty good shape and the economy is expected to grow. And I, I think that's what the Fed is looking at, you know, and, and Craig, you said this too, you know, what happens in Ukraine, you know, depending on the sanctions that are put in place could affect prices here at home. But the Fed's trying to look through the short term noise and say, as Tyler said, things are pretty good. Wages are increasing unemployment's coming down, you know, business profits are up, that normally would produce a Fed rate hike. Right. So how many Fed rate hikes help get some more oil out of the ground? 
We will see. There's projections out there, and we talked about this on our last podcast, anywhere between three to seven rate hikes. My personal guess is somewhere between three and four. That'll probably be wrong, but we'll see if they can get through the full seven that is projected. Yeah, I think what's also interesting, Craig, maybe you can talk a little bit about this, but the Fed balance sheet close to $9 trillion right now. I think that might have some more implications on the credit markets than a you know Fed rate hike from zero to one and a half percent. The reduction maybe in that liquidity from the Fed balance sheet may have a larger impact than just a few rate hikes. It could very well. The size of the Fed balance sheet is unprecedented in history, and they have declared their intention to reduce that in advance. And then while they are hiking rates. And that lack of liquidity from the Fed being a big buyer of treasury securities could indeed lead to some liquidity concerns in the general marketplace. And that could add to volatility in the short run as well. Yeah, I think that kind of speaks to the investment philosophy we have here is to invest in high quality companies that have the ability to you know, fund their operations without having to tap credit markets or equity markets in a time of slower economic growth or recessions. So looking for those companies with high quality balance sheets and operations, as well as the ability to, in the face of higher inflation, pass on some of those costs, have some pricing flexibility with their business products. So with that, we will wrap it up and we will continue to monitor the Fed rate hikes as well as the geopolitical events any questions, reach out to us, podcast at lvmcapital.com.